Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Pentecost, Greek for 50 days. For us, it commemorates 50 days after Easter. For the Jews gathered in Jerusalem on that day from all over the known world, it commemorated the 50 days after the Paschal Sabbath, the Sabbath of the Passover. The Sabbath was the day of rest and completeness, the seventh day when God had finished the work uh, that he had done with creating the world and rested. But Pentecost, or Shabuot, as it was known in Hebrew, was the rest of rest, the week of weeks, and day of days. Seven weeks times seven days plus one. But what had happened on that or during that original Pentecost? About 50 days after leaving Egypt, Israel arrives at Mount Sinai. And recall what had happened. There's a great sound, a sound of thunder and the sound of a trumpet. Fire came from heaven as the Lord descended on the mountain. And there's a miraculous speaking. Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. And thus, God gives the law, the Ten Commandments, on Mount Sinai. And the law was what was going to set them apart, that is, sanctify them, make them holy by the truth. And up to that day in Jerusalem, around 1,600 years later, the law was the greatest gift that God had given to them. But of course, no one could keep it, and so no one could be made holy by it. But now Luke says in Acts chapter 2, at least in Greek, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. This is now the fulfillment of that first Pentecost. Not only had the law been fulfilled by Jesus, but now that righteousness, that righteousness would actually be given to all whom God would call. And not just Jews anymore, but all people, people from all tribes and languages. This rest of rests and days of days, the Shabuot, commemorating the completion of all creation, is now fully here. This is the, day, the, the, the first day of the new creation, the creation of new hearts, alive with the righteousness of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. On this new day, God's people are publicly formed through the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. For the first time, with the great sound and fire from heaven and the, the great speaking in tongues, they acquire, for the first time, the name church. That is, the gathering. And they are called Christians. But they also stand in faith with believers of the Old Testament. Through the coming of the Holy Spirit, he has now created the Holy Christian Church, which is the communion of saints. Believers of all times and of all places gather together under the righteousness of Christ through word and sacrament to enjoy all the rest from all the work God has done. So on this great day of days and weeks of weeks and rests of rests, let's rejoice. So please stand now as we sing our festival hymn.
The text, the Holy Ghost, has caused to be recorded for our sermon this morning is recorded in Acts chapter 2. Here again, just these words in Jesus' name. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the rushing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw divided tongues that were like fire resting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, since the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak fluently. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, and on that day about 3,000 people were added. They continued to hold firmly to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. We pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. From ancient times, the church has divided the calendar year in two. It's common today to refer to these two halves as the the festival half and the non-festival half. The festival half is when all the festivals happen, Christmas and Easter and and Pentecost. Uh, And the non-festival half is, well, when not many festivals happen. Really creative naming. Uh, But these two uh, sections, these two halves, uh, really, uh, there's historically two emphases uh, for each of these, and, that are, and they're summed up in two ancient hymns. And these two ancient hymns have inspired centuries of the church's music. And both of these are centered around the word come, or veni in Latin. At the beginning of the church here, we sing veni redemptor gentium, come redeemer of the Gentiles. And we're familiar with the hymn version by Martin Luther. Savior of the nations, come. Christ coming as our Redeemer is what the church focuses on from the beginning of Advent through Easter. Well, today we sing a different song, which describes our focus from now uh, until the last Sunday of the church year. Veni Creator Spiritus, or Come Creator Spirit. We sang it earlier. Come, Holy Ghost, Creator, bless. Come, Creator, Spirit. These three words most succinctly describe the work, person, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. First of all, the word come. Notice who is coming to whom. Most of American Christianity thinks that coming to God is my job, my work. The 1965 pamphlet by Campus Crusade called The Four Spiritual Laws probably best encapsulates this view, where the fourth law is that we must individually receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In other words, for most of American Christianity, salvation is only a mere potential. You've got to come to Jesus. And the way that you're saved is if you come to God, if you accept God, if you dedicate your life to God, if you pray to God, and then your life and your faith are built on this foundation, the foundation of your own movement. And so comfort and confidence then come from the moment you exercise your faith as an act of your will. Notice who is the center of all that. 
Now, if it's true that your life or that your will is responsible for you coming to God or coming to Jesus, then our job here at church and my job as a pastor is to move you along that path to excite you, uh, to appeal to your will. Well, this is where you get revivalism and uh, altar call theology. That's why so many churches uh, all around America are, are constantly praying for revival, looking for revival, and trying to incite a revival of the Holy Spirit trying to incite worshipers to come and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I was growing up, there was a popular CCM artist on the radio, uh, Chris Tomlin. Uh, he was interviewed by a Lutheran pastor one time who, who asked him, uh, well, how do you know if you've and, and when you've arrived in the presence of God? And his answer was, you just know it. You just know it. Well, for most people, that's about as precise and accurate as you can get. Some secret part of your insides lets you know when you're close to God. But as a friend of mine once put it, well, how do you know if that feeling inside of you is the Holy Spirit or indigestion? So for most of American modern Christianity, when people think of the work of the Holy Spirit, they get the Holy Spirit completely backwards. And there is no certainty there. There is no comfort. And this is actually why so many churches get caught up in mystical worship, uh, trying to manipulate emotions through uh, mood lighting, music, and rousing testimonials. And, and why, on the other hand, so many people are uh, in our country leaving churches. If being close to God is a feeling, well, then you can do better elsewhere, in other communities. You can feel God in nature. You can mix and match your own spirituality like you pick and choose your Spotify playlist. You know, pick anything from wellness junkies and soul cycle to the alt-right or social justice warriors. As one author put it, you know, these are the people who do yoga, cleanse with sage, and then sing Silent Night at Christmas time. But veni creator spiritus, and the word come, flips our base notions of who is coming to whom. God the Holy Spirit is coming to us. And we see this happen on the day of Pentecost when Luke writes, suddenly a sound like the rushing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Notice he doesn't say, they felt a wind from heaven, but they heard the sound of it. They heard the sound of it. This is how God the Holy Spirit works. Not through your feelings, not through your emotions, but through hearing. Through hearing the word of God. In our gospel lesson, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will cling on, that is, uh, or, or hold on to, cling to, hear my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In the hearing of the word of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the entire Holy Trinity, is coming to you to make his home where you are. God comes to us. We do not and cannot come to God on our own. As we heard last week, I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or 
come to him. But the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel. And this you can actually be sure of. How do you know the Holy Spirit is present? If you're hearing the word of God, he's at work. So secondly, through the word, the Holy Spirit is at work as the creator. Come creator spirit. As we sang, come with thy grace and heavenly aid and fill the hearts which thou hast made. Now, if I were to ask you to, to picture in your mind the creator God, I, I'm sure you, you might think of an old man uh, with a, a long white beard sitting on a cloud of heaven. Well, you can thank Michelangelo for messing up how we picture God with that image painted on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. But the reality is the entire Trinity is present and involved in the work of creation. And without the Holy Spirit, nothing would be alive. So what does the Holy Spirit create? The Holy Spirit creates faith, which he does through the word of God. On the day of Pentecost, after this great sound of rushing wind comes to the place where the disciples are gathered, something amazing happens. The disciples are able to speak in other languages. The Holy Spirit, through the working, through the word of God, creates faith. He allows sinners to confess the name of Jesus, something they would not be able to confess on their own. God is showing, through the speaking, that his word has power. It does not return to him void, but does, it accomplishes what he desires. But again, for most people, the Bible is merely this big instruction book. And it fits right in with our culture because our culture is obsessed right now with self-help. You know, we're all therapists. We're all on the road to the good life. And we all want the Bible to fit this template to give us the instructions on how we can do it ourselves, which is to say we want things easy. But the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost also comes in flames of fire. Fire purges. Fire refines metal. And for that rock that's, that's being refined into something beautiful, that's not an easy or pain-free process. It hurts. The Holy Spirit has to give us a new heart, create in us a new heart. And this he does through the law, revealing my sin, purging my sin. It never feels good to be shown your sin. If, if a parent or a friend or even your pastor has ever shown to, uh, told you directly you are sinning, well, you know that hurts. I've been told that, and I know it stinks. But if you don't know your sin, then you have no need for a Savior. So the Holy Spirit also works not just through the law, but through the gospel. This is why in the Creed we say, I believe in the forgiveness of sins in the third article, along with the Holy Spirit. The forgiveness of sins is the gospel. The gospel is the power of the Holy Spirit to make us alive. This creative, word-powered, life-giving work is evident even in the name of the third person of the Trinity. Spiritus. The Spirit. 
Come, Creator Spirit. Now, the word spirit in both Hebrew and Greek, or ruach in Hebrew and pneuma in Greek, uh, pneuma is, by the way, where we get the words pneumonia and pneumatic, uh, both things that have to do with breath or sounds. Uh, Both these words mean breath or wind, ruach and pneuma. The spirit, the ruach of God, the breath of God, the wind of God provides life. Because the life of something is in the breath. And this is why this great wind is heard on this day of Pentecost. And it's why in the third article of the Nicene Creed we say, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. Think about the creation of the world when God speaks and by his word everything comes into existence. And then Psalm 33, 6 says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, the starry host by the breath of his mouth. In Genesis, we're told that it's the Spirit, the wind of God, that is hovering over the waters, giving life to the world. And then when God forms Adam from the dust of the ground, Adam isn't alive until God breathes into him the breath of life. That's the Holy Spirit being breathed into Adam, creating life. And this is what God the Holy Spirit does for you through his word. Because as 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit comes to us and makes us alive through the word. He takes you and I who are dead, worthless pieces of stone, and he refines us into something living, something holy, something beautiful, a child of God. Through the word combined with water in holy baptism, The Holy Spirit breathes faith into a person dead in their sin. Through the word of forgiveness spoken by a minister through holy absolution, the Holy Spirit breathes new life and new hope into a hopeless sinner. And through the word combined with bread and wine and holy communion, the Holy Spirit breathes strength to keep and sustain you in the one true faith to life everlasting along with the entire church on earth, the communion of saints. This is why, after Pentecost, the followers of Jesus don't just go off on their own and and pick and choose their own spiritual preferences. But every week, every Sunday, they gather. Every Sunday they gather to hear the word of God preached, to break bread in the Lord's Supper, and for the prayers, the liturgy, the service of God. Through these means, the Holy Spirit creates and sustains the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. So come, Creator Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.